I don't think you understand. I didn't come to rescue Rambo from you. I came here to rescue you from him. We're talking first blood and Rambo hit it. It was 1982. Israel returned Sinai to Egypt. Tylenol capsules laced with potassium cyanide killed seven people. Chicago saying hard to say I'm sorry. And John Rambo just wanted something to eat. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now joining me is a Totally Rad Christmas all-star. You'll know him as the host of the Bodacious Christmas Clatter podcast and three-time Ratty winner, Todd Killian. Todd, how's it going? Going well, Jerry. I'm glad you brought up my three-time, three-time, <laughs> three-time Ratty You know, if you, if you got it, might as well flaunt it. <laughs> might as well. I just, I, I put it on my job applications now. I put it on nice. my desk. And uh, it will be a part of my uh, annoying Christmas letter I send out to all my uh, family I don't otherwise talk to. Throughout you got to love those letters, though. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> right on. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I actually got to get the awards out, uh, like the actual awards awards, but that might be a while. I'm not. I'm not so good with the uh, yeah. mailing things out, so. I think I still owe a, t- a ton of people yeah, a ton of stickers. Yeah, I understand. I I, I am the yeah. exact same way. It's just like, it's like, oh yeah, I'll get to that, and then three days you forget about it, and he's like, oh, I need to get to that. And then <laughs> that's three exactly. more days you forget about it. You know, yep, it's like, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, so I I'll eventually things. get you your your three ratties, but for now, uh, you know, just bask in the uh, mm-hmm. the warmth of the, of the knowledge yeah. that you know that you know you want them. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man so three that's right three (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i think that was the most anyone i think you you have the most ratty so far i think was there another person that got three uh maybe maybe chris i think it was chris yeah um chris sisley yeah Mm -hmm. from christmas time i see i think he's the only other person Mm. so Mm. right on yeah interesting we'll see if we can get you the uh the record next year (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going for it. I will be here, uh, totally rad audience. I will be here every other week to rack up the score of my readies. Jerry likes it or not, I'll just hey, pop in fun. on his Zoom. I don't and, mind. Uh, <laughs> it's always fun talking to you, so I don't mind. <laughs> but speaking of, we're talking Rambo tonight, and and First Blood especially. Um, what's your like your yes. experience and your history with uh, with Rambo? I the first time I ever remember anything rambo was first blood of course i don't remember what year it was i don't remember if it was well it was probably 83 because it was on eight maybe hbo all i remember because i was a little kid you know i was born in 77 so when rambo first blood came out i was five years old 
So it might've been a few years after it came out. I remember we were in Jefferson city, Missouri, visiting my aunt and uncle. And I remember the only thing I remember is my, my mom and dad and my aunt and uncle watching it. I do not know if it was HBO or if it was VHS, but I remember the tunnel scene with all the rats. Oh yeah. And everybody being freaked out watching it. You know, I, I just, that was, you know, and from then on, I, I was, I don't know. I remember if I asked what it was or anything, but I remember hearing that it was first blood and or Rambo. And it was just, just that little part was burned in my brain and yeah. was a fan ever since. It's a really good movie. Um, so I, I don't actually remember seeing first blood until I think, I mean, I remember a few things. Like I remember when they blow up the tunnel. <laughs> and I remember when he's like shooting the cop through the ceiling. Those are like the the two things that I really remembered about it. Right. Um, but I don't think I saw like the full movie until like I was in my twenties. I think I know I saw part two and part three, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I saw part two, part three in the theaters. <laughs> nice. We, we went as a family to see that. Cause it's a great family movie. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was the eighties. It was the eighties. That, that is a good family. Movie I, I don't take 80s, my yeah. kids to see John wick, but my parents <laughs> took me to see Rambo. So, <laughs> but, uh, um, so, and I remember watching, of course, you know, you had to rent videos then. So you didn't get to see everything as, as on demand as you wanted. Right. I remember watching it on video when I was younger mm-hmm. about this time, right. Either right, probably right after sometime in between two and three. Okay. And I remember liking it, but not liking it as well as two or three, because it wasn't quite the action film. Right. That those are. Yeah. And, but now as I've gotten older, it's circled back around. It's my favorite of them all. It's the, yeah. It really is the best one. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm the same way. Uh, I remember, um, I remember two and three were awesome. I, I in yeah. fact, I think I remember most when he's, he's like shot and he has to like push the bullet yeah. like out and then like he cauterizes it. I mean, that, that scene was another one that was just like, I remember that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was like so cool. And every time he put the, uh, the, the, special head on the arrows and mm-hmm. yeah, the blew everything up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are always awesome. And right. so the first one doesn't really have a lot of that, but something about it, it's like grittier. Uh-huh. It, it's definitely more atmospheric. It delves more into like Rambo's psyche, which I kind of yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and it deals with, of course, the backlash from the Vietnam war and all that stuff. Um, which is funny. Cause you were here when we talked about Magnum PI Yes. And how they were all Vietnam vets, but that were very well adjusted. They didn't have any any mm-hmm. kind of the PTSD that that Rambo has. Um, but I knew, I mean, I was the same way. I remember I liked all the action beats yeah. of like two and three much more than I liked um, yeah. one when I was younger. Um, of course, now, like you said, it's it's like legit the best one. You know, it's, it it is. And every time I I watch it, especially his monologue at the end, and we'll oh, get there. It's yeah. so thought provoking, still to this day, with yeah. you know, situations going on, you know, currently in present day. It's like it's still, yeah. it's still relevant, you know. And mm-hmm. I even tried Google and like, do you know, is there like this first blood like hold a special place in Vietnam's veterans heart? I couldn't really find anything, gotcha. you know, about about it. I'm sure there, nobody's really done a study on it or anything, but it's right. like it's. And I don't know this for sure. I'm not the greatest movie buff, you know, in the world, but it's gotta be one of the first movies to kind of address PTSD, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something. 
you know, at least one of the more popular ones that do. That's for sure. Uh, Because, I mean, everybody knows Rambo. I mean, now it's like you hear whenever there's like a tough guy, you know, it's like, oh, he's such a Rambo kind of a thing, you know, or or lone wolf, you know. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what, yeah, Rambo was one of the starts, you know, 82 was one of the starts of that, uh, you know, one man army, uh, best of the best kind of genres, you know, that or, you know, uh, maybe Escape from New York might have been earlier release. It was kind of the same kind of deal, but. Not really, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, of course, like Commando, you know, Schwarzenegger, yeah. and and uh, even Chuck Norris with like the Chuck missing no- in action films and yeah. the Delta Force and all that. I mean, yeah. that's definitely you know that that one. You're right, that one man army kind of thing, and a lot of it has to do because of Rambo. Now, as I was researching, I found out that this is actually based on a novel, and I had yes. no idea. Uh, I remember I. I I've lived most of my life without knowing that. So. Yeah, yeah, the, and the novel is way different than the movie. It's what um, I hear. Yeah, uh, the novel takes place in Appalachia. Oh, okay. Of the North Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and John Rambo is more the villain than than the anti-hero slash hero. Yeah, you know. Uh, so. I know that there was a whole subplot that they cut from the novel where um, Teasel is also kind of upset with rambo because he was a vietnam vet you know and like the war was so fresh that people kind of forgot about the korean war which he was a yeah. veteran of and so there was kind of like that i don't know if it was jealousy is the right word but just that animosity yeah. you know that he felt because like he felt like his contributions were being overlooked yeah yeah i could see that, that you know with the korean war sandwiched in between vietnam and world war ii and world is, war ii yeah it is it is overlooked unfortunately it, and it really is. The only reason that I even remember really the Korean War very much is because yeah. my grandpa was injured and got a Purple Heart in right. the Korean War. That's like right. really the only reason I know that, uh, you know, right. I, I really remember it. Not that it wasn't significant. It was. But, um, you know, it's just one of those that I think, like you said, just kind of got smushed in between them. And so just was overlooked. Right. And so, I, I mean, I thought that was kind of an interesting subplot, but I can see how that would bog down the movie. Uh, apparently the original cut of this movie was like three and a half hours long, something like that. Yeah. And it was so terrible that uh, Stallone, he he actually wanted to buy the film so he could destroy it. Yes. (laughs) Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But they, they re-edited it, cut it down to like a swift 90 something minutes and it's good. It flows really well. Uh, I know even Siskel and Ebert liked it, which is yeah. again, something strange because they normally but, don't like a lot of these kind yeah. of action flicks. That is a lost art. The nice 90 minute movie is a lost art. <laughs> you know. Looking at you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler kidding. alert. I just saw jungle cruise. It would have done it world of good to be about 20 to 30 minutes shorter. It would have oh, helped man. only helped the movie. Yeah, you know, it was is two hours. It's like, oh, and that seems to be the standard nowadays. I mean, you look at Marvel, you look at DC; they're all like two, two and a half hours long. Of course, like the bigger pictures are pushing three hours, three something. So it's like they have more time to like expand and and really get their character development. But because they have like so many characters, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas this, there's really only the three main characters, you know, it's just Rambo Teasel, you know, the, the sheriff and, uh, and Colonel Troutman, you know, his commanding former commanding officer. It's like, really, that's all you need. You know, you really just need those guys. And I think they do in this film, they do a really good job of, of actually 
of, of tease, teasing, <laughs> tease, sorry, uh, of actually, uh, you know, just getting all the character development they can out of these guys. They, they do. Um, it helps that everybody in there is really great actors. Yeah. But there's just a lot of little beats, especially in the, the you know, when he first gets arrested and goes to the police, there's just lots of little beats that let you know instantly what kind of police officer that guy is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and stuff. And so, you know, it's like, so they tell you so much just by mannerisms and, you know, just a sentence here or there, you know, you don't have to, you know, sit there and just, you know, go through every police officer's backstory to, you know, find out which one's a jerk and which ones are sympathetic. And yeah, just to- <laughs> I forgot David Caruso is in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a- such a wimpy little he guy, is. isn't he? <laughs> what do they call him? A pansy or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing that, and I'm glad you brought it back to my attention because I had forgotten that this was set at Christmas time. I, I'd, that was another thing that I had overlooked. But when I saw it again, you know, and they're they're in the sheriff's office, and you can see the the trees, and they have the little signs that say "Merry Christmas." And then at the end, when he's blowing the town to you know to <laughs> to Kingdom Come, I mean, there's the all the buildings have the lights uh-huh. on them and everything, yeah. and and that was something that had also just completely escaped my memory. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up again because it really is a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it it is it is a Christmas movie in my book, one hundred percent. Yeah, we were we were talking about you the other day about how you have a very clear, uh, just a very yep. clear standard, and, yep. and there's definitely no waffling back and forth. That's right. There's no waffling. I mean, yeah, it's not perfect. You know, you get, you get some movies that's like really, but but it's consistent. I'm not going to miss any Christmas movies with my standards. That's know? right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I was I was. Uh, I was thinking, you know, because uh, I, I kind of got to change up a couple of the categories for next year's Raddies because I'm already thinking about it. And I thought, you know, we should do like best 80s action flick, you know, the raddest yeah. action movie. And I think because uh, uh, there's been a few that I've covered, like Invasion USA, yeah. Night of the Comet. Now this one, mm-hmm. I mean, there's they have some really good ones. I mean, you think about yeah. um, Cobra is another one. Yeah. And, and I'm going to cover that in a yeah. couple of weeks. And then uh, oh, what's that one? Yeah. Um, Death Wish 3, I think, is also yep. set at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a few 80s Christmas action flicks. Yeah. I say I don't know why they don't do that anymore. It's like they just make it Christmas time for, I don't know if it's for no reason, but, you know, they never really address Christmas in the, in the movies. Yeah. And, and well, in this one, they might have had a couple dialogues about Christmas, something about a Christmas party and something else maybe, but that's yeah. that's about it. Yeah. But it's it's good and and you're right. It's nice and tight as far as the storytelling goes. That 90 minutes really flies by. Yes. And uh, the other thing that I'd completely forgotten was that um, he doesn't really. I mean, with the exception of Galt, which is kind of an accident, he doesn't really kill anybody in this one. No, he doesn't kill anybody in this. Yeah, one. it's not like uh, two and three where he's just you know. Yeah, yeah. Get them all See, done. I, <laughs> I rewatched this. I rewatched this with my youngest son, who's 13, and he had nice. never seen it. He had never seen it before. Right. And uh, I was talking to it, and uh, yeah, he loved it. We're, nice. we're in fact, we're gonna we're gonna finish up the whole series before summer's out, so we need to get busy on that. But uh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, I told him, I said, "You notice uh, Rambo didn't kill anybody?" He's like, "He didn't kill anybody." He's like, "No." He's like, "That one is was more of an accident." It, it really know? was. Yeah, it was kind of self defense, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he goes, "Well, why?" You know, he asked me, he's like, why didn't he kill anybody? He's like, because he's supposed to be the hero, you know. Right. The hero doesn't kill anybody. 
You know, yeah. Whereas he, in the in the novel, he like fully like I mean, he guts somebody like their yeah. entrails spill out. I mean, that's right. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I told him, I said, "Don't worry, he'll make it up in the next movies." <laughs> <You> <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> With the bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was something that I noticed um, this last viewing that I again I could have sworn he did, but it's just. It was my memory, I think, just uh, conflating all the different yeah. series together. And for some reason, I thought, because he has that one trap, which is super cool with the spikes. And the. Uh-huh. And for some reason, I thought that actually gets the guy. But as I'm looking at it, it's lower. It's like on his legs more yeah. than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that makes sense that that wouldn't kill him. Just, yeah. you know, incapacitate him. And Yeah, that, that scene in the woods where, when they're first hunting him down, mm-hmm. that had a real horror movie vibe to it. It did, yeah. yeah I, I didn't realize that until I watched it this time. I was like. This has a real horror movie vibe to it, where he's just popping out and traps set up and, and things. Yeah, it was definitely very uh, guerrilla warfare. Yeah, which makes sense because that's kind of how what they had to do in in yeah. Vietnam, um, and especially yeah. him being a Green Beret. So, so John Rambo is was uh, you know, a a Green Beret trained. He was part of this Baker team, which was um, like like reconnaissance special missions, you know, special ops mm-hmm. kind of reconnaissance team, and he, I mean. He had a couple of, there was eight guys, I think he and the very Delmore Barry, who's like the guy that he's seeking out in the beginning of the film, were like the only two to survive. And uh, unfortunately, uh, his friend died of cancer from exposure to Agent Orange. But I mean, Rambo is like just, I mean, he's just like amazing. (laughs) He can do anything, Uh, especially because uh, they also had uh, Rambo, I think, Force of Freedom. Right. Which was the uh, the cartoon series? The cartoon if you, was cool. if you ever watched the cartoon, I watched some of it. Yeah, I think it it wasn't on a syndication, except on ca- on some cable networks. Yeah, uh, as that we didn't have cable, so I had to be at somebody else's house to watch it. Yeah, and I I remember um, I think I didn't even watch it much because it was actually on at the same time as something else that I watched. Yeah, uh, and so I, I only saw a few episodes here and there, and you know bits and pieces of it. But I had the toys that, that came out. Yes. Because the toys were based yeah. on the on the I had several of the, right. Yeah. Yeah, I had several of the toys. Uh of course I had Rambo and yep. there's some guy with a mohawk and then uh one guy that <laughs> yeah. kind of looked like uh the wrestler Iron Sheik. Yes. Know, and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I had that stuff and yeah, I think the, the I think the cartoon it was fine and I watched it, but it didn't appeal to me because it was so different than the movies. Yeah. You know, and this was kind of a period in cartoons where they were taking rated R movie properties and trying to cartoon, you know, make them a cartoon. Yeah. They had RoboCop also RoboCop and, mm-hmm. uh, um, toxic Avenger Toxic yep. Avenger. <laughs> was one. Yes. And yep. I remember you know, that one. And there was some other, some other stuff like that, you know, and so, also nothing like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing like the movie completely. No. Nothing like the movie. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, so it just was like square peg and round hole for all that stuff for me. Yeah. Yeah. But in the, in the cartoon, I mean, he does, he's the same thing. He can do like everything. So there's a, there's a scene in, in, cause they have a Christmas episode. There's a scene in that, in that episode where he like throws his knife and perfectly cuts like a rope. Yeah. You know, and because of that, he's able to like escape some trap. Yeah. So it's just like, wow, this guy. Yeah. He's just amazing. Yeah. There's one scene where he's like hanging on a, wing of a plane like at twenty thousand feet. <laughs> yes. You know, during like a like, snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. It's like he just hang you know, it's like the mission's over. So he just 
rides that way all the way home, you know, and it's like really, you know, which, no, you know. Which, by the way, he's not wearing like a jacket. No, like, like anything. It's, it's like his, yeah. that, that shirt, you know, with the cut off yeah. sleeves. I mean, this mm-hmm. <laughs> in the snowstorm. Yeah. 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 And then it's, later on in that cartoon, he actually takes his shirt off to like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's why. Really it means but, business. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you Bruce know. Lee, you know, that's yeah. when, when Bruce Lee was going to you know, just yeah. defeat you, you know, really yeah. bad. He takes his shirt off and you're done. Yeah. Um, but he trained Rambo trained under Colonel Samuel Troutman uh, played by uh, Richard Crenna and who wasn't the first choice. In fact, they had no. talked about all sorts of folks before they finally got um, Kirk Douglas who wanted the movie to end the way the novel ends where he actually like mercy kills Rambo. Right. But they thought it was too, too much. Yeah. It was too violent. So they said no. So immediately he left. And so Richard Crenna was like a very last minute replacement. And so, so much so that I think the script, the, the scripty was actually like uh, feeding him his lines. Yeah. Didn't he show up like the day of, or the day before he was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the, you know, he only got the job like, within 24 hours of when he's supposed to be on set. Yeah. It was something like that. It was yeah. ridiculously close. So yeah. he, he really had like no time to learn his lines. So they were kind yeah. of feeding them to him until he was able to, to kind of learn it as he went. Yeah. Uh, apparently they also cut a lot of his scenes so they could uh, save some money on his costs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it worked. You didn't need too much from him. Yeah. Because that left a lot of mystery about who Rambo was, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and you know what that team had been through, you know, so it kind of worked out. I agree. I think it, like, I, like we mentioned earlier, it's just, it's very streamlined. Um, they just kept the basic, you know, the bare minimums in. Um, I like how they kind of allude to Rambo's, um, his capture and his torture mm-hmm. in the prison camp, Yeah, but they don't full out show it, which no. is kind of nice. Cause you know, when you think about, and, and I've never been in like a ton of traumatic experiences, but the ones that I have been in, you know, every once in a while, when I think back on them, I don't remember everything. It's more like flashes kind of the way Rambo sees it. Mm-hmm. So especially when it's something like that, I can yeah. imagine it, you know, being very intense, you know, especially if it's like just kind of a, a burst you know, of memory, yeah. you know? So I thought they captured his PTSD very well. Yeah. At least for the time. I mean, nowadays they'd probably really go into it. And like you said, draw it out for like, yeah hours but but they really hone in on it and you can see that everything that the cops are doing and, and we'll, we'll just about to get into the plot here but everything yeah. the cops are doing are really like forcing him to kind of relive his experience and it triggers him and unfortunately yeah. uh they get hurt in the process yeah you know, yeah I, I you know they did a real good job with it because you know the search you know situation that that triggered it off was you know similar enough but i remember I don't remember this, but um, my dad tells a story. Um, my uncle, who we was visiting, and we watched um, First Blood at their house in Jeff City. He was a Vietnam vet, and uh, I mean, he went in '68, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, it was like his third year back, and it was Fourth of July, mm-hmm. and there were people were out there just like uh, you know shooting firecrackers off and stuff like that. And somebody took just a regular like black cat firecracker lit it and threw it and my uncle didn't didn't realize it was close and he started walking that direction and it went off oh well surprised him and he hit the deck and started yelling i don't know exactly what he yelled but yelling like get down you know taking on fire that kind of thing you know oh yeah it just went completely you know back to his his time in in vietnam and that was like the first and only only time we really saw that from him it might have happened and nobody knew 
but you know, he got up and he was real embarrassed and stuff. And it's like, don't worry about it, you know, and, and things, but you know, it's something that definitely still to this day needs to be dealt with and talked about and mm-hmm. helped out, you know, cause just simple little things like, you know, 4th of July really trick, you know, everything, you know, everything was fine and don't know what happened, but uh, you know, that kind of thing happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, God bless him for his service. So, yeah. but uh, the movie, it opens up with Rambo kind of coming into town and he seeks out his, his old friend, Delmar Barry. So yes. the movie is set in December of 81. So they returned, I believe, in 72. Yes. 72. So it's been about eight years, eight, nine years um, since they've been home. He can't seem to hold a job, which we find out later on when he's talking to, to Colonel Troutman. Yeah. But basically, he just kind of has the stuff that he has and he's walking wherever he can, hitching rides, I, I assume. And he goes to see his friend Delmar, who unfortunately has passed away. He's talks to his widow and Mm-hmm. Uh, right away, you can tell something's not quite right with him. Like he, he just his mannerisms, everything. It's it's just it's really awkward uh, when he's talking to her. And I know part of that is because she was upset as well. Yeah, because I assume I don't know if it was his her husband or her son or her brother, but whoever it was, um, I always had a feeling it was his mom. That's what I mom. thought too. I thought it was his mom, but I can't seem to confirm that anywhere because she wasn't I, I, she wasn't credited. Which no. is strange. Uh, yeah, it, 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 not really sure who, how, what the relation is, but that, I always took it as his mom. Yeah, you know. And he has a he has a picture. He's like, look, you know, I promise. I'm you know, we were friends. I'm not trying to scam you or anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, when she says that he passed away, you know, from cancer, then yeah. he just he kind of just leaves her the picture and he just walks away. Yeah. So literally now, and again, this is something we learned later that he's the very last of that Baker team, you know, that, that right. special re- recon team, uh, guerrilla warfare, whatever it is, which has got to be very lonely. I mean, and very isolated, you know, I mean, it's like, these are your guys and now you're the very last of them. I mean, I right. can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a special elite team. So they probably were solo a lot. You know, mm-hmm. so they probably there's probably no credit for what they did or didn't do, right? You know, they probably you know they probably help save a lot of lives, but they get no credit because they're off the books kind of right. thing. And and so you know the only recognition you can get is you know with your fellow Baker team members, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and now he yeah. so it's just him, yeah. So it's just him, yeah. So he keeps going. He runs into the small town of uh, Hope, Washington, mm-hmm. and this is where the sheriff of the town. Uh, Will Teasel kind of notices him and he doesn't like his look because he's kind of unkempt. Uh, now yeah. in the novel, he's got like a full beard, but yeah. here, um, you know, he's, he's just, you know, hasn't shaved for a while. So he's got the stubble. He's got the, mm-hmm. the uncombed kind of wild long hair. He's wearing that, that army Rangers or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Um, the green beret jacket that he's got on. And so the sheriff doesn't like his look. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Hey, you know, come on in. I'll, I'll give you a ride. Where are you headed? You know, like South or whatever, North. I don't remember what he says. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, I'll give you a ride. And the whole time, like you were saying, like they, they make his dialogue suggest more than mm-hmm. uh, he's actually really saying. Yeah. And when he finally lets him out, he's like, Hey, let me give you some advice. You know, people will trust you a lot more if like you're shaved, you take a yeah. shower every once in a while. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like dang dude what are you doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know just uh you know 
that might be a part of the reason they moved it to the Pacific Northwest is because, you know, the big uh, hippie transient movement of the time kind of, yeah. you know, his look kind of helped make him fit in that. So, you know, he wasn't looked at as, as a Vietnam vet. You know, yeah. Cause, Cause otherwise I would think that, um, Teasel would be, you know, supportive of the troops, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it was kind of a mistaken, you know, mistaken him as, you know, uh, uh, a hippie or something like that. Cause he said right. something about, you get a lot of trouble around here for wearing, you know, that jacket or something like that. Yeah. He does say that, you yeah. know, and it's like, well, why, you know, if, it, if he served in the military, but I'm thinking it's because he didn't really think he did at the time. Oh, maybe, you know, yeah. that he was just wearing it. Ironically, I guess would be the word. You know? <laughs> That's what they'd say nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I could, I totally could see that. That's actually yeah. a really good reason because that's one thing that I'd never figured out. It's like, well, mm-hmm. why? Uh, I don't understand that that yeah. line. But he takes him to the edge of town. He's like, "There's a diner thirty miles up," you know, because mm-hmm. Rambo really just wants something to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he's hungry. He's like, "Well, you know, they'll take care of you over there." And so he turns around, and uh, Rambo he starts walking, kind of turns around, and just like. Like, no, no, I'm hungry. I'm getting something to eat now. Yeah. I have, I have rights, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no reason I should be escorted out of town. And so Teasel sees him turn around and he doesn't like that. So he goes back and arrests him for vagrancy. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> not a charge you, you hear a lot of nowadays. No. No. <laughs> I guess it was a bigger problem in like the sixties, seventies and eighties. I guess so. <laughs> 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 but he he searches him, you know. He finds that uh, that survival knife, uh, which is specially made uh, for this film, yeah, right. and it's really cool. That's like the coolest knife, you know. You, yes, it's it's got the compass in it in the hilt. Uh, yep. It's got like um, some triage equipment in there. Yeah, yep. you know, like like needle, thread, yeah. uh, some various things, the, matches. Yeah. I think things that like was, that. That was my favorite Rambo toy I ever got. Was. Yep. They had the plastic knife. It was yep. from the second after the second movie because it had the plastic knife and then it had that little jade necklace he Yes, wore. I had that too. Yes. <laughs> it was so oh cool. my gosh. I think it came with a watch, but my arms were too uh, round for the watch. I could never wear it. Oh, I got you. It was like a, it didn't work. The watch didn't work. It was just a little plastic watch, but Yeah, yeah. You know, um but yeah, I wore that little jade thing and played that <laughs> knife. So did I. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember when uh, the string broke and then like you know we're like okay yeah. we'll get another one and we never did yeah or you know it was just one of those things and then we lost it it was like okay mm. well that's fine yeah. next <laughs> yeah you know it was the 80s there were all sorts of ips out there but um well, a lot of people noticed that um rambo's knife gets bigger each movie oh um, yeah <laughs> you know and that's actually on purpose the the guy that helped uh write the scripts uh for this um i had watched a commentary or a little mini documentary years ago with and he was on there and uh he said in greek literature mm-hmm. um the, your hero's will is um the the size of your hero's will is um symbolized by the side of size of their sword oh okay so the bigger the sword the bigger the will so since rambo steps up in uh, each movie especially the first three mm-hmm. um steps up in the size of, of people he's taken on, then his will has to increase, you know, to be able to defeat them. So that's why the, the knife gets bigger. Nice. So it's actually, there's actually literary reasons for it. That's so, cool. That's a yeah. cool reason. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
but I do remember that knife, and it was a cool yes. looking knife. Yeah. <laughs> I Probably guess they wanted. Nice. To- Oh, go ahead. Best knife and best knife in movie history. I think I I think I agree. Mm. I, I know they wanted it to be like to be able to to do anything. So it had to be yes. able to like to cut you know wood, but it also had to be able to like cut meat, you know, uh, for when you're hunting stuff like that. Um, so they they designed it in such a way that it was going to be like a great just just a great all around knife. Mm-hmm. And of course, with like we talked about the hilt and all the the cool special stuff you can you can have in there. So it's really neat uh, and. Yes. And yeah, it was smart of them to turn it into a toy. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I think mine was in my stocking, but I could have. It's possible I got it for my birthday because um, they're yeah. they're kind of close. You know, they're close yeah. enough that sometimes I I confuse the yeah. two. But I, See, my I birthday's in my birthday's in July. I think I got mine for my birthday because I remember playing with it summertime when it was new. So nice. Yeah. So he's arrested. He's taken to the station where, again, we see some of the Christmas decorations and the, the little tree. They have like one of those tiny little, you know, like uh, two foot or three foot trees that yeah. you can put on a on a desk. Um, and this is where we're introduced to, I guess, the guy that's like the real main villain, which would be Gart, uh, uh, Art Galt, who is a, a deputy. And he just doesn't like Rambo's look. He, everything about him, he he just gets on his nerves uh and of course rambo's not really cooperating very much so <laughs> that's which is understandable you know in the situation he's in yeah i mean he didn't he all he wanted was something to eat you yeah. know and this, this sheriff just doesn't like his look and arresting him for vagrancy mm-hmm. um but galt really abuses rambo uh he like hits him in the back when he's in the cell and that's after he's like, you know, they're telling him to to get changed and, and cleaned up because they, you know, they want him ready for his arraignment essentially. And so they they've seen him take his shirt off. They've seen all the different scars, like everything from his torture from when he was a POW. And still, Galt like hits him with the the nightstick, you know, in the back, and they hose him down mm-hmm. like crazy just to clean him up. Yeah. And of course, we get some great dialogue and stuff like that. Uh, they make, make some puns and. But I like I, I like Galt. I think he was a a great like secondary antagonist. You know, it's kind of right. like like Teasel's not really evil. He just thought he was, I guess, enforcing his vision of what he wanted the town to be. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like Vader and, and Palpatine to me. Yeah. You know? So like like Galt was the, more like the sadistic one. He's the the yeah. more evil guy. So he's more right. like you know the Emperor, whereas yeah. uh, um. Teasel's more like, you know, Vader, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Teasel, Teasel's more likable. Yeah. You know, even, um, Brian Denny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that you really like him in this movie, but you could see where you could get along with him. Yeah. Even though he's, you know, just kind of, you know, he has his way, but everybody knows some people like that. It's like just, you know, you can mm-hmm. figure him out and it's, but yeah. You know, it, it just ex, it just escalated to a point that Teasel couldn't back down. Yeah, you know? he couldn't be like, you know, well, he escaped. It was, that's okay. Yeah, it was it was more like a pride thing at that point. Yeah, and he just he he had to win. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Which I get. Sometimes I'm like that. Cause, yeah, because I, <laughs> I had a feeling that they'd just do the shower thing, lock him up for a few hours, and probably would just let him go. Yeah. You know, just to teach him a lesson. yeah exactly yeah well and then uh but he resists getting fingerprinted he resists you know um some of the other stuff and so he he's like hey you're you're earning yourself like a 90 day 
you know, yeah. jail, uh, jail time, which to me, I mean, come on, man. Why? Yeah. That's just, that seems unnecessary. Yeah. But Rambo eventually, you know, because Teasel that is going to shave him like without any shaving cream, you know, they're trying yeah. to clean him up to make him look nice before the judge. And he's just so upset with them at this point that they're like, forget it. Just, you know, just do it dry. Yeah. Which hurts. Yes. So, <laughs> and so this is where like Rambo fully freaks out and goes, uh-huh. goes completely, you know, uh, I got to get out of here. Kind of, you know, military, military on him. And right. I mean, he, he just like takes them apart really he, one by one. I mean, he just, he takes them down and they all try and they're no match for him. <laughs> his skill. Right, right. Crazy. Yeah. But this was always one of my favorite scenes because I mean, it's just, it's shot so well. It's not like super quick cuts, but you, you can still see everything because of the lighting, you know, in a lot of action flicks nowadays, the, the lighting is like the biggest part and, and there's so many quick cuts and you're just like, okay, yeah. what's going on, you know, or, yeah. and it's not like wide shots, but there's enough wide shots that everything just looks good. Right. You and know? it's not a lot of high, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not like high, high acrobatic yeah. type of uh, fighting, you know, where it's like, really, it was real street level ground based yeah it's very much disabled the target as fast as you can and that's it and i liked it i mean it makes sense because i mean if you're going to be a a, like you know if you're into guerrilla warfare you need to be able to just get the guy down quick you know so that they don't call their backup or whatever so it really made sense to me um it's not like a lot of martial arts films that i love i mean don't get me wrong i love the kung fu flicks but you know it was just very much a boom boom down boom down you know like john wick and a ink pen or whatever it was or <laughs> yeah or, yeah know, exactly so. where it's just like yeah. back and forth and back and yeah. forth no it's it's like you're done you know i got yeah. you yeah and so he takes them all down and escapes and i think this is where he takes the uh the motorcycle right yes he and he steals a motorcycle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the guys start to chase him and they get in like their cars and there's like a, a really cool chase yeah. scene and even to the point where like uh teasel's car just kind of gets flipped over yeah. and <laughs> i mean Again, everything was like really well done here. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, b- a believable scene. It's not like, you know, they took cars places they couldn't go. Yeah. You know, the the car flipped over made sense, you know. Teasel probably wouldn't have walked away that easy, but <laughs> yeah. <okay>. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, you know, you got to you got to do that a little bit. But yeah, he had the, you know, had the motorcycle and, and it's not like they, you know, he took it People were driving down an alley where the you know the car barely fit and was ripping off doors or anything. It, it made sense, <laughs> which we've seen know. in several several yes. movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, so it, it it made it made a lot of sense. And a motorcycle got him up into the woods, and even the motorcycle gave out on the hill that was too steep. Yeah, you know, and so which again kind of goes back to that like real gritty more realistic feel of this movie right. compared to the others. Now now I mean yeah. don't get me wrong I love Rambo 2 I love Rambo 3 but yeah. um you know they are much more fantastical you know yeah. I mean he can this one guy can take out everything with a bow and arrow. Yeah. I mean it's just uh, you know yeah. compared to this one where it's like okay well this doesn't work let's okay what else you know. Yeah. And so I really I really like that I think in a lot of ways um several of, of the films like I, I you think of like winter soldier or, or uh-huh. um the dark knight i mean a lot of these uh-huh. films are like trying to get back to that like yeah. gritty have you um seen nobody yet 
Not yet. No, I, I it, really it's, want it, to. It's it's in the vein of this fighting style. Nice. Can't um, wait. It's. I think the writers are the same as the John Wick ones, or there's somebody associated with the John Wick movies, you know, part of it. Mm-hmm. But the the action style is real grounded and uh, and and makes a lot of sense. Okay. Know? There cool. is, you know, there is things that happen because yeah, it's course, an action yeah. movie, but for yeah. the most part, yeah. I in fact, I uh, I rented nobody and watched it, and then turned around and just bought the thing. It's <laughs> nice, it. and it's a and it's a crisp ninety minutes. There you go. So, there's something I'm telling you, like there's something yep. about just a nice, you know, yep. edited down. You don't have any extra. Yeah. It just, it flows. And that's what we get in this film as well. Yep. And it's, you're right. You don't see that much anymore. And it's just cause everybody's trying to build so much character and leave some yeah. space. And, you know, they're like, they're planning for the sequel in the first 10 minutes. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like, no, come on. You know, yeah. Yeah, just get it done and make it yeah. good. And then if it's good, then you get a sequel. Then you know? figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but they immediately um, go to, to hunt him down. Uh-huh. I like that they get the their friend with the dogs to go yep. hunt him down. Yep. Uh, and he starts basically him, picking them apart one by one. Yep. yep. Tell him to bring the Dobermans. Yeah. yeah. You know, instead of <laughs> yeah. the, because he needs dogs that hunt by sight. You know, it's going to be raining. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is a, another cool little tidbit that they were able to actually put that in because yeah. that's not something you think about when you think about you know, well, like dogs yeah. really hunting. Well, they dogs. needed meaner looking dogs. Yeah, and they needed legit dogs that would when they went over the ridge and you couldn't see them that you think would actually get taken out. Ain't nobody gonna take out no bloodhound with his floppy old ears, and <laughs> <laughs> saggy old so girls. <laughs> he ain't gonna be taking them down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Oh man, yeah, but a Doberman, you wouldn't have yeah. problems. Though. Yeah, you don't have problems with it. That thing's gonna, it's either you or him. That's right. You know? so, but the, but the blood, the bloodhounds, you just gonna take a nap. You just guys just go curl up, take a nap together. Is all you're gonna do. You know? But he, yeah, he's like running and uh, and they're chasing him, and he's doing a pretty good job of of evading and and taking him down uh as much as he can and mm-hmm. but yeah they get him he's like eventually kind of cornered a bit and they uh they get him with the with the bloodhounds and or not the bloodhounds the dobermans and he yeah. has to like kill them yeah. because uh at this point he had a gun right that he took from uh, a hunter right the the hunters no i think i think he got that? the he got the gun from uh the guy that fell out of the helicopter i thought well i know he does that too yeah did he get the hunter the kid's gun I think he did get the kid's gun and remember okay. and the kid's like dad or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so at first he has that one and he's shooting until his bullets are done. Of course, then they like bring out the choppers and all that. And, and of course it's Galt who's, yeah. who's in the chopper shooting at him. And Rambo is at this point running so much that he gets to like a cliff uh-huh. And he really has no choice but to to kind of climb down the cliff because there's really no other way to, to escape. And so he starts climbing down and that's Galt like sees him on the cliff, the cliff face. And so starts mm-hmm. shooting at him and Rambo realizes that he has to jump off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And there's enough trees that he might be able to maybe kind of slow his fall. It's, yeah. it's literally like, well, I could stay here and die or I could try to jump and maybe die. So he does that, and um, Sylvester Stallone legit like broke his his ribs uh, while he was filming this scene, which I mean, that's a lot of 
that's a lot of pain for a scene, yeah. but it works he, because uh, they kept it in. He improped too, putting that tarp on too, when he got to the woods. Yeah. I, I and, did hear that. Yeah. And so they had to really be delicate with that because it's the only one they had. So yeah. That's part of the reason it gets ditched or too, you know, so. which I believe Sylvester Stallone still owns. Yeah, I think he, I think he so. still has that, that tarp. Yeah. yeah. Cause he finds it and, which again, I don't know if it's just because it was cold or just because it would blend in more. And maybe- I, I think it was a little bit of both. I at first I took it when I watched it first. You know, when I was watching it as a kid, I just thought, well, it's because it's cold. Yeah. And then when I watched, you know, watched it older, and then even this last time I watched it, I thought, well, it's because it's cold, and then it's, you know, kind of that gun, kind of has that gunny suit effect where it helps you to blend in a little bit better. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. you get rid of your straight lines of your body. And it worked because he he was able to to like we mentioned just pick them off one by one, yeah. so he like jumps out of trees and kind of just yeah peers out of nowhere. I mean it's it's cool. Yeah, he yeah. even tells him he's like I could have killed all you guys. Yeah, you know which in the book he he pretty much does. Um, uh-huh. But again, they didn't want to make him a villain. He's like the star. Right. Of, you know, he's the one you're supposed to be following. So, uh, yeah. and it so much so that um, David Morrell, the author of the novel, actually said that he prefers the film over his novel. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think it's one of those that if he had thought about it, he probably would have uh, would have done that. Right. <laughs> Made him a little more sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Left so, himself open for another book. At least. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He wrote himself into a corner. Yeah. <laughs> But he jumps down uh, off the cliff. The trees kind of break his fall. He injures his arm, which he later sews up. But he's he's kind of just hiding while they, they go down towards that gorge, I think is what they call it. Um, and so they yep. Galt is there trying to shoot him. And so he finds like a crazy rock, like just a, a big rock. And he throws it and uh, it hits the window of the helicopter. And so... Uh-huh the guy kind of the pilot kind of jerks uh-huh. out of just you know and, and so because of that galt like f- falls out of the chopper and yeah. and dies right and that's our that's our one death for the movie yeah <laughs> uh, you know galt i've only been in a helicopter like once or twice in my life yeah i don't know how mad i would have to be to hang out of one <laughs> above rocks to shoot a rifle basically with one arm at somebody yeah you know in a cat in a cat in a cavern you know? it's, like, it's like i'd be like oh there he is just let everybody know yeah <laughs> you know? he's down here yeah. all right come down let's surround yeah. him um yeah because he like the dude literally just unfastens his safety harness so he yeah. can get like a better shot so he was just well, doesn't he break galt's nose he does yeah yeah, yeah he, so i guess he, that would be what really set him off, but still it's like this dude broke, just broke my nose. Yeah. yeah it's still a high, that's still a high risk. That's very, move. yeah. I think at that point he's just seeing red because, yeah. uh, Teasel even like tells him like, don't stop shooting. We want him alive. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't care. He still tries anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Even the helicopter pilot was like, he's stuck there. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah you know, he's stuck exactly. on the side of the, the cliff, you know? Yeah, and Galt was like, if you don't do what I tell you, I'll kill you instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, man, calm down. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. He hurt your nose, but come yeah. on. I mean, there's no need for that. I hope, I hope Galt wasn't married. <laughs> <laughs> well, he. I think we find out that yeah. he was. Yeah, uh, he was. He was, he yeah. Was. 
uh, Teasel, of course, sees him and uh, Galt. So there is a backstory where I guess they uh, they were old friends. They knew each other. Um, and so because of that, now it's like, well, now you killed my friend. So I'm definitely right. coming after you. So Teasel's like super mad. But he also knows that after all, his guys are pretty much, you know, taken apart that he needs help. And so he eventually agrees to call like the uh, the state police. Right. For reinforcements. And that's where we get, um, was it Kern? I think Lieutenant Kern uh-huh. like that when he comes in and he kind of helps him, which I like how he actually says like, well, why, why did you, you know, like, like, why are you going after this guy? Like, like what happened? You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, he's like questioning him, like, dude, just, just back off. It's or yeah. whatever. And he's like, well, you know, I was just trying to, yeah. I was just he's treating like, just him like one of my neighbor's kids. And- yeah, just let him go to Portland and pick him up there, you know, <laughs> you know, or whatever he said. It's yeah. like, you'll, get, you'll get him two weeks from now. Just be, you know, be patient. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, uh, yeah, he brings in the state police, but this is where they find out that he was like Medal of Honor winner. He's Green Beret. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this, no wonder that this is all making sense now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. 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 David Carradine's character was highly impressed by the Green Beret. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Now the Green Berets are are that's a you know Green Berets are fantastic and they do things that I absolutely cannot do. But the Green Berets that was like the uh, the big early '80s thing. If you use Green, mm-hmm. that was top top shelf stuff was Green Berets, and then uh, then Navy Seals came. Navy along. Seals was like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah in like Seals the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. yeah, it was all like about Navy. He's a yeah. Navy Seal. What? Right. Casey Ryback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but used, yeah, it used to be Green Berets were were the top shelf thing to be you know so, yeah <laughs> that's funny how they kind i mean of, they in real of, life they are top shelf they they really are yeah they're yeah. still really amazing and and again yeah. thank you to all you green berets and navy yes. seals out there um but i mean uh, i'll tell you this uh jerry uh uh-huh. you know ken smith from faces places podcast yeah his son is in basic training right now getting ready to become a green beret wow mm-hmm. that's awesome congratulations yeah. to him yeah I'm, so, I'm glad he can do. So I know one of the things they have to do uh, as far as their training is there's like a, a very narrow tunnel that they have to like crawl in the dark. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's like 30 yards or something like mm-hmm. that. They really have to to train that um, to prove that, you know, they're not claustrophobic essentially because they never right. know what they're going to do. And apparently Sylvester Stallone really is claustrophobic. And uh, so that scene in the cave, you know, in that mine when he's like, uh-huh. it's getting smaller and smaller, I guess was, was kind of difficult for him. Yeah. Um, so he would have been uh, allowed into the, the Green Beret program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you did a good job portraying one. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, he really did. But so they're all out there and he, this is where Rambo starts making his traps because there's kind of a, a period where they don't go after him because they're waiting for the state police to come in mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they're regrouping. And so he makes his traps and he has that one with the spikes. Like you can see mm-hmm. him getting some sticks and with his knife, just making little spikes out of it. And I mean, that was a cool trap. I remember yes. as a kid, just being like, Whoa. You know? Yeah. 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 He put them together pretty quickly too. I guess he got, had a few hours to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so he probably had enough time to to because because he going. was also so, able to kill the boar and, and yeah. eat eat the boar right. as well. Yep. Yeah, he was able to do that, which was good because that lets you know that he did get something to eat finally. 
Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. he should have been uh, he should have been fine after this. Like, yeah, I mean, like his Snickers, like, you know, he should just hollered out, "I finally got something to eat." You know, and, <laughs> it would have all been done. Yeah, Sorry about there. your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> would have been a much shorter movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. It would have been. And he did use his knife for hunting, like he said. Like he said, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's for hunting. So, yeah, yeah, truthful guy. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he he gets them. But I do like how, uh, and you mentioned it already. Where um, earlier he like holds, you know, he finally ambushes after he's taken everybody down. He uh-huh. finally ambushes Teasel. And he's got the knife like right at his neck, uh-huh. and he's like, you know, like back yeah. off, like, yeah. like back off. You know, you're the law in in the city. You're the law out here. It's right. me. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's yeah. a good line. That's a good line right there. It is. It is. It is fantastic. Yeah. You know, and like I said, that 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 scene. You know, if if you can't watch the whole movie, which I encourage you to do, it's not very long. And, uh, but if you can just catch that scene on YouTube, it, it has a real horror movie effect yeah, effect to it. And it just was really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, uh, he's essentially picking them off one by one, yeah. which you see in a lot of horror films, you know, and, and at this, you know, at that point you're starting to question, well, do I really want to root for Rambo? Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, do I really want to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he isn't the guy I need to be rooting for. You yeah. Know? It, it really puts that in question. A little, a little bit, and you know, which it kind of comes around full circle at the end to where you, know, you absolutely are. But we don't jump ahead. But yeah, it's a really great scene. I, f- I actually forgot how great that scene is where he he traps the woods. Yeah, it's it's one of the better ones in this movie, which is saying something. Well, and I like how Sylvester Stallone really able because I like him. I, I I liked everything he he's done. You know, uh, everything that I've seen him in. Uh-huh. Um, but in this one, he was really able. I thought to capture like the, uh, um, I think Roger Ebert called it like the hollow eyes. Yeah. You know, where, you know, and it really was like there's just you look at him, and in a lot of shots, it's like there's there's almost nothing there. You know, it's just yeah. And and you can tell that he's a man who's seen so much, that's been through so much, and and it's just worn that he doesn't even know really what life is or or you know who he is, kind of a thing. And yeah. um, which again we get at the end in that big monologue, which I can't yeah. wait to talk about. It's so oh good. no, I know. <laughs> um, but the National Guard comes in. This is where we're introduced to Colonel Troutman, who used to command him, and he basically scares Teasel and like you know, hey, this guy was the best he was part of an elite team they took down so many you know so many uh uh, of the opposition you guys are dead meat basically Mm -hmm. is what he says and he's like okay fine try talking to him see if we can get him out you know see if we can get him because they know we he's at this point he's got a radio so troutman tries doesn't he can't really succeed you know Um, right i I like how this is where we get the iconic line hey they drew first blood not me Mm -hmm. yeah and from there um they realize that he's in the uh, in the mine, and so this is where some of the National Guard guys, uh, they what is it, a rocket launcher, right? They use a rocket launcher yep. and kind of collapse the mine. Yeah, they collapse. Yeah, it was just kind of like a Keystone Cops version of the National Guard or something. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of goofy, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, "All right, go get him." It's like I'm not going yeah. in there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I only yeah. do this a couple of days of couple of yeah. days a month or something. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I like that. I, and that was actually, I think quite 
necessary for the film. I think they needed that little bit of a yeah. They needed to kind of lighten the tone. Yeah, that kind of yeah. It's kind of the midway point. Yeah, you know, because after that, you know, they think they got him. You know, he's trapped in there. They'll have to dig in his body out. You know, case closed. Yeah, and you know, then he crawls through that tunnel like you talked about. And, yeah, uh, in the in escapes and. Yeah, this is where uh, we see him uh, again with the uh, with that that tarp or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, the, the canvas I guess that he yeah. found, where he's like cutting it up. He's using it as part of the uh, the torch uh-huh. and everything. So he's crawling through the mine. He he realizes there has to be another way out, or he's at least looking. Uh, we get that scene with the rats, which I think he had to get uh, some shots for afterwards. Like, yeah, because they kind of scratched him up pretty bad. So yeah. I think he had to get some sort of vaccinations. Um, but he finds a, an escape and he sees like the, the army guy or the national guard kind of packing up and, and he sees all the ammunition in this one truck. Mm-hmm. And so he hijacks the truck Yes, <laughs> it's in typical eighties fashion, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, uh, that's the easiest way to hijack a truck. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Yep. Just, just kind of. Climb on the side and, yep. and open the door. Open the door and throw somebody out. Throw somebody out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so for all you all you listeners out there, yeah. now you know how to hijack a truck. You know, style. it's like, it's like <laughs> throw somebody out with one arm. You know, yeah. it's like, what do you do? Reach over and unlatch their seatbelt, then throw them out, or what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, he had the big old knife. You know, I yeah, mean, it was kind of scary. Yeah, I'd be like, sure. Just, just tell me what to do. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like it's got what an M60, I think, machine gun yeah, in it, M60, and uh, yeah. a bunch of ammunition. Which mm-hmm. I think that I read that that gun is like 30 pounds or something. It's yeah, like a heavy they're monsters. Gun. That don't include the ammo belt and all that stuff. Oof. You know, so. can't even imagine. But uh, uh, stones ripped for it. So. Well, that's true. Although yeah. I didn't think he was quite as big as he was nah. in uh, in some of his other roles in this. Yeah. Like, like he was still super cut, but he looked a little bit leaner to me. And I don't know if it's because he was supposed to be like, you know, a guy that can't really hold down a job, just kind of eats wherever right. he can um, or not. But I mean, still, you're right. He was, he was, he's definitely in shape for it. I'm sure yeah. that's nothing for him. Yeah. That gun shoots 650 rounds per minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no wonder he can totally uh obliterate yeah. a town <laughs> yeah. that's kind of that's kind of gun gun you don't aim you just kind of point in the general direction and i need i need a gun like that just because yeah. I, I my aim is terrible <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, so he uh, well and there's a good bit of character development here where um Teasel had kind of told Troutman off, I guess. Right. He finally comes to apologize and uh, Troutman's there at, like at a local bar and he's drinking. And so he comes to like, I don't know, make amends, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I do like how, you know, he asks him like, what would you have done? You know, would you have put a bullet, you know, in him or, or I think he says, or kissed him on the mouth, something like that, you know, mm-hmm. but essentially like, would you have just befriended him or would you have, you know, taken him out? And I like Troutman's answer because it's like a good, honest answer. He's like, honestly, I don't know unless I actually was there. You know, I don't right. know what I would have done. Yeah. Which is like, wow, that's yeah, that's good. That's I mean, wow, you know, it is honest because it's like you don't want to commit one way or the other because 
yeah you know you just doesn't you just don't know what it was you know yeah as the circumstances needed you know Mm -hmm. so he um this is where rambo comes back and just starts basically blowing up stuff yeah (laughs) i think he blows up a gas station and Mm -hmm. uh yeah uh, I know he starts taking out all the, like the transformer boxes and everything. Yep. Getting the lights uh, out. Uh-huh. But, but we get some great shots of Christmas lights on, on yeah. some of these buildings here. And I, yeah. I, I loved that. It was just, it was so yeah. good. I and mean, of course, of course me, the Christmas lights guy. So, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, yeah. And then at this time, Teasel gets a gun, goes to the roof of mm-hmm. the police station to see if he can yeah. get him. Yeah. To see if he can, you know, sniper him off, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, quickly gives up his location. So, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like, like, dude, you're not trained for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, man, and he, I think he, I think Troutman even like tries to get Teasel to like go away, right? To like to yeah. to to flee. But yeah, he's like no, I'm, I'm, I got this. Yeah, this is tell my him guy. go away. Troutman was gonna go, you know, talk sense to him and yeah, and, and stuff. So. But after like a, a quick little you know gunfight then you know rambo kind of sneaks in and shoots him from below like he knows he's up above and so he he just kind of shoots him from below that classic yeah. you know that classic image yeah. of oh the guy's above me you know just yeah. kind of a thing and so he falls through and he's he's dying he's he's gonna he's basically gonna kill him and that's when troutman intervenes right and this is where we get that classic monologue where he's telling him you know he came back from vietnam and like people were protesting and spitting yep. at him and calling him like baby killers. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. 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 Here, here's, uh, here's what he says. He says, <clears throat> he says, nothing's over nothing. You just don't turn it off. It wasn't my war. You asked me, I didn't ask you. And I did what I had to do to win. And somebody wouldn't let us win. I come back to this world and I see all those maggots at the airport protesting me, spitting me, calling me baby killer and all kinds of vile crap. Yeah. Who are they to protest me? Who are they? Unless they've been me and know where I've been, then what the hell were they yelling about? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he goes on and on about, you know, not being able to get a job parking, you know, washing cars. You know, he's like, you know, over there, I was in charge of million dollar you know, tanks, equipment, yeah. you know, tanks and stuff. And now he can, you know, even wash cars, park cars or anything. So. And then he, he gets into that. Uh, he talks about his friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. That line. Um, he's like, he died. Uh, he died in Vietnam and didn't even know it. it just like, I remember the first time I heard that I was probably in my twenties when I wa- was watching this movie. Yeah. And I was just like, hit me sideways. Yeah. You know, it was like, Oh my goodness. You know, because there was, you know, so much, so much problem with the Asian Orange and, and cancer. Yeah. With veterans, in fact, my, you know, I don't keep bringing back sad stories, but you know, um, I never met my my father in law because he, you know, he, you know, he died. Um, it was 2011, but he died from cancer. You know, from Agent Orange. You know, from being over in Vietnam. Oh wow! I you know? I met a, a door gunner when I was selling insurance. I met a door gunner that. I sold a policy to, and he had, um, was it COP? No, he had congestive heart failure because of that kind of stuff. It, it mm-hmm. just it messed him up. Yeah. And, and yeah, he was there in Vietnam. He was actually a pilot 
And in the end, they made him a door gunner. And then mm-hmm. after like a year or so, he was, I guess, doing like air traffic control over there. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that stuff's no joke. Oh. But uh, Rambo then goes on to talk about uh, his other friend who they were at a bar and a kid wanted to shine his shoes. Mm-hmm. And so he like got up to go get another drink. And it turns mm-hmm. out that the shoe shine box was wired and it like, yeah. just you know, blew him up basically. And yeah. Oh man. I mean, this monologue, it's Sylvester yeah. Stallone he, acted the heck out yeah. of it. Yeah. He even said that I had my friend all over me. All it's over like, me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, dang. Oh man. Yeah. And then, he, then mm. he's screaming and there's yeah pieces yeah. of him all over yeah. me. And, yeah. And his friend was saying, I just want to go home, Johnny. I just want to drive my Chevy. You know, I said, with what? I can't find your legs, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. That's, Ugh. I know, I know, but it does remind, when I heard it, um, it, not when I heard this, when I heard uh, that from Major Pain, uh-huh. I don't know if you ever saw Major Pain with David yeah, It's White. been years, yeah. <laughs> he has a, he's telling the story of the little engine that could, and he ends up kind of going into a, a monologue that's totally a ripoff of this, where he's talking about <laughs> his friend like Bubba or something. <laughs> he's like pain i can't feel my legs i said bubba they ain't there <laughs> it's it's totally a ripoff of, the, of uh, this monologue you know or a, a parody oh, yeah. i should say yeah um but it's like you, you see this and or you hear him go through all this and troutman is just like krenna does such a great job of like in his eyes you can see like the sadness yeah. and the pity and the empathy he has for his friend and it's just like oh man this guy yeah well, even even earlier than that, when the um, Trap Troutman was talking to Rambo over the radio, he's like, "Rambo's like, where'd you come from?" And and Troutman's like, "Bragg," and he's like, "I tried to get a hold of you at Bragg, and they never knew where to find you." Yeah, you know, it's like you know he he you know Rambo took steps to try to reach out to somebody for help. Yeah, and there was just nobody there. Nobody there. Yeah, you know, did he mention that in the monologue? There was nobody to help i don't recall uh i don't have the whole thing i only have pieces of it here yeah it could be but yeah at least that little bit you know let you show that you know he was reaching out and that's probably why he was going you know he was traveling up there to see his friend that you know maybe yeah. thought talking with his friend would help you know so yeah which again just it's sad and it just yeah. it shows the you know the condition that some of the vets are in when they come home, and so mm-hmm. anything we can do, of course, to to help them out is always much needed. Oh yeah, and I, I was going to say after reading the, this stuff here, you know, God bless all you guys that that serve Vietnam, yeah. Korea, and you know, Gulf Wars, and currently, oh my goodness, guys, mm-hmm. you are a godsend for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. We definitely need to make sure that. You know, as a country, I don't want to get political, but as a country, we need to definitely make sure that we step up and make sure these guys are taken care of yeah. as best as they can be. Yep. Agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, the movie ends with Troutman uh, escorting uh, Rambo basically to be arrested. Yeah. And which I know Roger Ebert thought was kind of an unsatisfactory ending. He didn't quite like it. Right. Uh, I think it actually works. Um, I know it might have made more of an impact if he had, you know, killed him. There's been more shocking. It definitely would have been more shocking. I know there's an alternate ending where um, he he tries to get Troutman to kill him and he won't, and so then he mm-hmm. kind of essentially like pulls his trigger for him and, and mm-hmm. shoots himself. 
Um, so I, I think that would have been a little more, like we said, shocking, more powerful, but at the same time, I kind of like the almost blase, just blah kind of nature of, of him just being escorted and, and the almost anticlimactic bit. I, I, I like it because paired up with this monologue, it's like you have this powerful monologue about how he's struggling, uh, dealing with everything he's seen in the war and had to do. Yeah, and he's struggling with, you know, everyday life. So the answer is, let's put him out of his misery. No, you know that's not the answer. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, I think that would send a completely wrong message. It's like, oh, you're having trouble, can't can't get a job. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, parking cars, washing cars. Well, we'll just put it into it here. You know, but at least this is like, okay, yeah, he's getting arrested, he's going to jail, but. Maybe there's at least hope for rehabilitation, right? You know? Yeah, you know. So I think I think the the killing at the end, especially backed up, you know, butted up against this monologue, would have been the complete wrong message to send. Yeah. You no. Know, so. Well, and especially because they took so such great pains to make him not like a killer, right? You know, whereas in the novel he is, and so it makes sense to kind of just, I mean, yeah. you can't yeah, turn yeah, it off. Was, you got to put yeah, him down. Yeah, but if here, he was a killer and couldn't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. But here, I mean, he actively tried not to hurt to kill anybody. He even says, right. you know, like we mentioned, he even says, yeah. I could have taken you all out. Right. But I didn't. Right. And so I think there's there's kind of uh, something poetic about him just still living about, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're right. There's that there's that hope that maybe uh, he can get the help that he needs. Yeah, because he is in the city of hope. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Touche. And it's Christmas time. So and it's Christmas. Christmas hope. It's always hope. Yeah. Christmas hope. I talk about Christmas hope at the end of every episode. That's right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's really on the nose in this movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's absolute that's, Christmas classic. What this is. I, I love this film. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so there was that after part two came out, there was um, the cartoon Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the characters were were actually based off, even though they're they're changed their names. They're based off of some of the villains in part two for that mm-hmm. cartoon. Um, there's one where where Rambo literally has to save a, a scientist that kind of looks like Santa Claus uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Savage, who's kind of like the uh, the the evil organization. Uh-huh. Uh, which I, again, I love the '80s because all the all the criminal organizations have like such. The acronymed name, yeah. You know, Savage. Yeah. There's Venom. You don't get good acronyms anymore. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta yeah. have a good acronym in your name. <laughs> but uh, so he he does. Essentially, there's a little orphan boy, and and I'll just briefly talk about it because I, I don't know if it's worth or if it's enough for like a, a whole another episode. So I'll just quickly run through it. But there's a little orphan boy that kind of Salone has to rescue, and while he's there. Well, he does that. He runs into Savage trying to kidnap this uh, <laughs> this arm, the former arms dealer, former weapons maker uh, that is now just wants to make toys. <laughs> of course, he he cha- there's uh, several is this chases. A, and, is this uh, Brian's from Yuletide TV Santa Claus origin story? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, you got to check out that Merry Melee yeah. <laughs> finale. Yeah. That was from the finale, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Merry Melee Four is one. Merry Melee Four. Check that yeah. out on Christmas Clatter because then you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Um, but he he manages to save the the Santa and save the boy and and uh, all the while 
doing all sorts of things that I didn't think could be done, like throwing a knife and cutting a rope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. Uh, he manages to snow to, to, Oh, he takes a hubcap and uses that as like a snowboard. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that a thousand times, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's old hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he holds on to a, a prop plane and, and flies, you know, in, in a, during a blizzard. So, I mean, and then rescues a little boy at the same time. I mean, oh, yeah. Rambo is just like amazing in these things. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny because he's just a guy. It's not like he's got it's not like he's got superpowers in doing this stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, like, okay, a, if it was Captain America, I get it. But, yes. Yeah. But it's literally just, yeah, he's just a, a highly trained guy. And it was yeah. apparently super highly trained. In the- <laughs> really highly. It's like, well, who trained you? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Troutman. Yeah. Troutman. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so he he manages to save Santa in that one. And yeah. there was only one season of that cartoon. It was from 1986. In fact, that particular episode you can find um you can find online. Also, it, it aired November 19 November 14th, 1986. So it was a little bit early for a Christmas episode, especially considering there was still a few episodes afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you just put it in December? Uh, yeah. but oh well. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tell you this. This is way off topic, Jerry, but you know, kind of thinking about Rambo stuff. I think there's a place for Rambo to to come alive again. I mean, to me, Rambo's Rambo one, two, three. Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones they're fine, but they just don't seem to fit as well yeah. in the story. But I think there's a way we can have more Rambo, and that's in the Cobra Kai flashbacks with John Kreese in Vietnam. Oh yeah, yeah. They should they should at least have an episode where they cross paths for a little bit. That'd be cool. I can see that. <laughs> like it's his old uh, one of his old buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get it done. Sign the papers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the cartoon, we get uh, a couple of voices, familiar voices, especially uh, Alan Oppenheimer, uh, who plays Chief. He, you, most people know him as the voice of Skeletor. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have. Um, what's his name uh peter cullen who most people know as optimus prime and you can totally hear his uh <laughs> yeah. totally hear his voice frank welker also who's like almost every cartoon character ever yeah <laughs> or, or, those three guys are in everything you've ever watched that's right, that's you know? right. <laughs> uh and so those are just some of the big names we get in this cartoon um I just I love I love the acronym Savage. It's just it's yeah. funny, uh, it's but funny. it was done by Ruby Spears, so that's why it kind of has that Hanna Barbera feel to a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ruby Spears uh, famously worked for Hanna Barbera, then split off and formed their own company. Yeah. Uh, Savage, by the way, stands for Specialist Administrators of Vengeance, Anarchy, and Global Extortion. There you go. <laughs> Covered all the bad words. That's right. Too bad it wasn't right. vagrancy. <laughs> <laughs> It should have been vagrancy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. man! But uh, the main villain is General Warhawk in this one, who is based off of a uh, Lieutenant Colonel Pudovsky from from First Blood Part Two, and then Sergeant Havoc. He's the one with the uh, that that metal hand or whatever, and uh, yeah. and he was voiced by or he was based off of Sergeant Yushin from uh, First Blood Part Two as well. Yeah. And that's just a little bit of that. At the end of the episode, Rambo. Uh, dresses up like Santa along with the uh, the former arm former weapons maker and they pass out toys to the orphans. So you know just standard Christmas fair. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it does make me wonder um 
what would you say if you can would be your hap hap happiest moment about this uh this movie here or moment Uh, or memory whichever this the rambo series as a whole was like the first movie series that um i can remember like my whole family being in you know enjoying you know i liked star wars and my dad liked star wars but my mom and my sister just kind of went along right you know um so i really remember rambo as being like the first franchise of movies especially you know the first three that was like all right you know we're gonna watch it my mom still watches first blood fairly regular basis oh wow you know and uh and or they'll go through a kick where they'll watch the, you know uh one two three you know within yeah. a week or something and i just i just remember it as being like you know going to see the second one and then when the third one come out it was like you know a big deal to, to hit the theater at the mall and and go see it as a family so you know it was you know just one of the movies i just remember that we all liked we all wanted to be a part of and it was such a such a big deal at our house to to you know watch rambo when we could so nice i dig it yeah for me um this one was hard i think my happiest memory of of rambo as a whole would be that that knife with the little green uh pendant yeah yeah <laughs> it was I super played that cool. a lot yeah i played i played with that thing a lot I, I used to do that the house i grew up at you know mom and dad had almost five acres in to wow. play in I remember I had all kinds of like toy guns, plastic toy guns and stuff like that. And I remember I used to do the old classic eighties, uh, you know, load up your weapons and put them on your body montage. Yeah. Yeah. And then go outside. And, <laughs> and it was always, that. it was my whole yard was always filled with evil ninjas, but, uh, made sure, uh, I, I took care of them all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Cause I there had are, similar there are no more evil ninjas at my mom and dad's house anymore. <laughs> and and todd was the best (laughs) yes i was was, you know i had all kinds of i you know what my guns never ran out of ammunition no mine didn't either they automatically loaded themselves unless i wanted to grab another one you know then it ran out of ammunition yeah there you go you know and then i started to grab another one or unless you grabbed one off of a a dead enemy (laughs) yeah yeah so uh before i i get into the next thing i I did want to mention something i forgot um the music was done by jerry goldsmith who is one of my all-time favorite film composers um but the the theme is just so iconic you know i just it's classic i love um the they actually wrote words to it and it became a single for dan hill which i thought was kind of cool too there was a time, especially in the 80, the seventies and eighties, when the the songs to movies usually would just use a theme written by the composer of the of the actual movie. Uh-huh. You know, and, and uh, once we kind of get to like Batman in eighty nine, we start to see that um, if they're going to have a song as part of it, it's usually something else, mm-hmm. not at all involved. But but for a while there, especially with these action films, you think of like Lethal Weapon, you think of a. Uh, um, uh, gosh, what's, what am I thinking of? This one for sure. There was also that Tootsie, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like all, all these like main singles were written based off themes by the actual composer of, of the, the film score. So I thought that was, that was kind of a cool bit here. So th- that's just one. And they actually use that in the cartoon as well. They reuse yeah. that music. Jerry Goldsmith passed away in like 2004, I believe. Uh, Cause I was teaching film scoring at the time. 
And uh, I remember when they came out with Rambo, which is, um, I guess, part four, essentially. Brian Tyler, who was hired to do it, actually, people were worried. They were like, well, they're going to come up with whole new themes or whatever. But he like assured fans like, no, no, it's this theme is so iconic. I'm mm. going to keep it and base all my, my music around that theme. And he did. And it turned out yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it was so, good. Yeah. But now we come to my favorite part of the of the show, which is a little segment I, I call Gag Me with the Spoon, where we do our best impression of our least favorite part. <laughs> uh, and this was hard because I, I really like it all. So I had to pick yeah. like something I just, well, I'll, I'll explain it when I get there. But I, as a guest, I'll let you go first. Well, I hope I don't pick your part, Jerry. <laughs> I hope you don't either. But <laughs> I, I, picked, I picked this part because, like I said, this whole movie I love. So it was really hard. So I picked a part that I didn't feel like it really fit. Okay. Um, but it's so quick. I don't think most people notice. And uh, I'll take you back to the scene. Rambo just jumps in the passenger seat of the truck he's hijacking. Okay. <laughs> and the driver, um, of course, looks at him because he just got in the truck with him. And Rambo says, drive. Don't look at me. Look at the road. That's how accidents happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good one <laughs> i actually picked uh when they're hosing him down and the reason i picked it uh it, it's a line it's a couple lines from galt and the reason i picked it is because at this point i just can't stand galt anymore yeah and so that's literally the only i i tried to find something i couldn't there was nothing really that stood out to me so uh -huh. in this case it was mostly just because I, I he's just like that guy you just want to like punch his face or something, right. you know, like, come on, why are you being such a jerk? So um, they're hosing him down and he says, Hey, Preston, make sure you get him behind the ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like I, that. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that was a bad one too. <laughs> you know, that one, I don't think you see him saying it. It's almost like it was a voiceover or that it could have been. Yeah. Cause yeah. they want to, you know, they need something else in there more and, you know, and, antagonizing to what yeah. you know, what's going on so well probably and it probably was adr because just because of the force of that uh of the hose you know right. those things are actually pretty loud uh yeah and you don't realize it yeah a and one of those guys wasn't holding that hose all by itself you no, know yeah that for real. gonna happen so, so uh, uh that was good though <laughs> yeah that was good <laughs> i like i like yours <laughs> uh, but, i don't do yeah. a very good I don't do a very good sliced alone impression. He's, he's hard to do. And I know part yeah. of that is because he had a difficult birth uh, when he was born. And so he has like partial face paralysis and that's kind of mm -hmm. how we get some of the, you know, some of his, his yeah. speech patterns. But I oh. mean, he's just, he's kind of hard to do. Like, yeah. And he's not really like sliced alone in it too much there either. You know, yeah. it's not like Rocky or, or some of his others was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you know, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, he's, he kind of says his lines and they actually, kind of come out i don't know fine i, I yeah, it's a terrible yeah, way to say I, it you know I, what i, I mean what, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah he ain't, he is, he's not laying it on thick so. yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. right uh but you know gi joe did teach us that uh knowing is half the battle what do you think the other half is making sure that when you want to stop to eat that the town wants you to stop and eat <laughs> that's too, that's good yes always double check that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see i thought if no one's half the, the battle the other half is not going on a manhunt for a dangerous green beret <laughs> <laughs> well that that is that is true and i do have one special piece here for you jerry uh Ooh. 
I reached out to Sly Stallone myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I don't know if you know, but I know Sly, you know, fairly well. And I, I was able to get an interview with him about, about Christmas. Nice. You know, I didn't want to hear about his movies. Me and him talk about it all the time. So I was like, I was like, I'll just, I was like, Sly, what do you think about Santa Claus? And that's what he had to say. Yo, Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, we, well, we know that, uh, we know that Rambo and Santa are pretty tight. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it in that cartoon. Uh, (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Todd, that, it's it's so much fun to talk to you, and I really enjoyed talking about this movie. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. this, this I could classic. go on and on about this movie. Yeah, I know. I, same here. I had to. I was like, okay, I gotta keep moving because I'll, I'll like focus on this one little thing forever. Yes, I um, but I mean, tell me about your show. You know, what do you want to well, plug? Uh, Christmas Clatter. It's a podcast that we celebrate everything that makes Christmas special. We'll talk about movies and music and food and family gifts, decor and uh even those quiet moments of reflection that happen around the holidays uh, anywhere you find podcasts we're there at christmas clatter or we are on youtube as well youtube.com slash christmas clatter and uh have a video version of the podcast up every other tuesday and then uh other youtube videos in between there i'll unbox ornaments do reactions to christmas songs i haven't heard and all kinds of great christmas silliness so hop along and and find me Christmas clatter podcast on the socials and clatter pod on Twitter. Yeah. And definitely check out those YouTube videos because they're, they're fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, they're I, definitely I really enjoy fun. the the YouTube and if you go to the YouTube, make sure you click the like and subscribe button. And that really helps. And yeah, have, having a good time over there trying to, trying to figure out the old YouTubes it's been a lot of fun. The, the, the unboxings right now are my favorite thing, but I look to be doing some more album stuff. Nice. In the very near future and uh any tiktok soon <laughs> i posted a few things on tiktok but it's still trying to yeah you know, a lot of that stuff you have to do stuff live and i'm not real good at live i like to do it then make sure yeah. it's right i gotcha i'm i'm not yeah. gonna do tiktok yeah. <laughs> i was just curious to I, see. I got i have i am on tiktok i have maybe two things on there but usually what it is is my instagram stories or my youtube shorts i just throw on there as well it's like i already have it made so yeah you know, I'll just put it on there, but, uh, Facebook's where I'm most active at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I am on, you know, on Twitter, but, uh, if you really want to interact, it's Facebook and Instagram or YouTube in the comment section is a good place to find me and starting to build a, uh, a nice little community there over on YouTube. And hopefully we'll be doing some, uh, Christmas party live stream soon, closer to the holidays. So you look right forward on to that. Yes. All right. Well, definitely check out Christmas Clatter. It's one of the best Christmas pods out there. And I hope to have you back on. Yes. Anytime, Jerry, I will be here because I need more and more ratties. (laughs) All right. I'm down. I'm down. (laughs) And on that note, I'll end it by saying it's just that Christmas is contagious. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling like orphans getting presents from Rambo and Santa, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now don't forget to vote. Later, dudes. Hello, this is Todd Killian from the Christmas Clatter Podcast. What makes Christmas special to you? 
Is it the movies or the music, the food or family, the gifts or decorations? Maybe those quiet moments of reflection. Whatever it is, join me for Christmas Clatter, a monthly podcast dedicated to everything that makes Christmas special. Visit christmasclatter.com for all social media links and find Christmas Clatter Podcast on all podcast apps. Thank you, and remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day.